Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. It's Moshe Kasher. And Natasha. And we're joined by our dear friend Maz Jabrani. Yes, how are you guys? Good. We were about to start talking about your um, son, but then we thought, let's record because the truth is Natasha and I... We've talked about your son ever since we had a, merely a brief encounter, but we've talked about him ever since. He just made direct eye contact and was like, shook my hand really firmly and was like, what's your name? Nice to meet you. And he was like, <laughs> yes. eight. He shook our hand like he was a CEO at like a sort of high powered, like air filtration system I, salesperson. I, he was like, how are you? What was your name again? I Look. taught him. I said, always be closing. Always be closing. <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is his favorite movie. Okay. I have to ask you something then. Cause I keep telling my daughter, she's five. I'm like, you have to say thank you when someone brings you something in a restaurant and she never remembers, never remembers. And I reminded her again last night. And then finally she goes, thank you. And then rolled her eyeballs. Oh geez. She's so what sassy, do you, huh? What do you do? <laughs> and well, you, you probably don't be a Legero. I think that's part of it. <laughs> it's in the DNA. <laughs> it starts there. No, you know, I, I I, took the simple stuff, like what you just said, the handshake. So my son now is 14, my daughter's 12. But ever since they were young, that even at that age, I used to say, guys, when somebody when you meet somebody, look them in the eyes, shake their hands. And I said, it's basic stuff. Because one of my favorite, one of my biggest pet peeves is when you meet somebody and they give you the fish hand. Because <laughs> to me, I'm like, how unpassionate are you about life <laughs> i want you to be like how are you and, and that that wakes you up you're like i'm good how are you whatever it is so absolutely i would say just keep telling her and also find ways to to kind of encourage her in the the thank you like like listen when you say thank you you know this this puts you ahead of everybody like make make her realize that this is going to make because a lot of mm. pa- a lot of parents aren't doing that mm-hmm. even like i'll tell you like simple stuff as they're getting older like now i go Guys, can you fold the laundry? 
you do the dishes. I'm doing stuff like that. And I said, guys, I'm not having you do the laundry because I can't fold the laundry. I'm having you do the laundry. So when you go to college and you have that roommate that doesn't know what they're doing and you do, you're going to be ahead. I'm putting you ahead in life. Just follow me on this. And whether it's true or not, it's working. They're folding laundry. They don't. I, mean, I folded laundry my whole childhood. I could, That's I why could, I didn't have kids till I was 57. I could picture that conversation <laughs> with my kid. I'd be like, God, you know, darling, it's when you're in college, you're going to be ahead of the fold. So you go ahead and fold that laundry. She'd be like, no, thanks. And just walk away. Well, she is five. She yeah. is five. Yeah, she's five still. But I'd love her to like say thank you. And my mom like drilled thank you into my, like we had to write thank you cards to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, these things are important. Listen, the li- it's the little things. And then what happens is, you guys, because uh, as parents, we're always you know judging our kids. So there was a time where we were, at, we were we, this, this happened a few times, we're at a restaurant and the kids are eating however they're eating. And my wife is saying, don't do that. Don't do this. Make sure, you know, and as, as she's going, you know, getting upset with some of the things they're doing, we have a waiter or waitress comes by and goes, can I tell you something? Your kids are the nicest kids because mm. we were over there and they came over and they said hello and they said thank you and I turn to my wife and go I guess you know to us maybe we're critical but they're doing a good job well until so. 20 years from now they're in therapy and like <laughs> I, I always had to shake the hand of the guy at Morton's Steakhouse <laughs> well I was walking with my friend Al Madrigal we were in the woods you know Al right of course I love Al and he was saying hi to every person we we passed and he was like hey how's it going hey how's it going hey and I was like wow and so the next day I was walking the same woods by myself, and I was... She said hi to one man, he attacked her. No! Oh, yeah, that's that's how she yes. learned. I, yes. I, a few people... And after a few people passed, I was like, oh, that is like a male privilege to just like say hi <laughs> to hi any you. person you come across. That's and so funny. I texted Al, and I was like, you know, I don't think that's actually a good tip. Well, and he was like, just wait. say it to women. Hilarious. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, uh, first of all, I like you. Sometimes see somebody who's that person who, like, you get on an airplane, they're like, hey, dude, it was, you know, every, hi to everybody. <laughs> so there's times where I go, I got to work on that. I have a friend of mine. Well, you're I, too high guy? You no, mean? no, I'm not high. So You so want to be high guy. He I wanna wants be, to be left alone guy. I, I'm that guy. Because so what happened was I was, uh, my friend, um, who's very personable, outgoing, we were, we were on a trip together, and I got on the plane before him, and then he's getting on the plane. He had a bag of like chocolates and he was offering it to the flight attendants. He's like, how you doing? Would you like a chocolate? Would you like a chocolate? And I was like, whoa. And he goes, I do it all the time. They're having a bad day. Cheers them up. Makes everything happy. And I'm like, I never thought of that. Is this a comedian? It's an it's a actor. But the point is that I thought to myself, I'm going to start doing that. And I... I could not be, I'm so tired of getting on the airplane. I'm like, hey, what's up? Have a good day. And I just go and I put my, you know, put my hat over my eyes and I go, I don't want to talk to anybody. So you Absolutely. buy some like Ghirardelli squares at the airport. <laughs> did you do it? <laughs> no, I never did it. I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, I wanted to do it, but I realized it's not in my DNA. I'm a nice person, but I wouldn't be like Al walking in the park going hi to everybody. Well, I think it's a, it's a practice for Al. Yeah. I think he's like, you know, it's part of his like, you know, being nice to people. Well, he used to do, he was, I think, he used to fire people for his parents' like company or something. So, <laughs> yeah. So he has like yeah. karma he's trying to. Karma, but also I think he's they, like, he's the that's guy. That's hilarious they to, would ma- send your, to make child the it? child yeah. fire people. Yeah. That is very, very funny. Although your son seems like he would be comfortable in a PR situation like that firing I'm somebody. To, I'm trying to get Hey, have a seat. Thanks for coming in. Listen, it is not working out. Yeah. I will tell you that yeah. right now. Yeah. 
Uh, tell us about your special. You got a great new special. It's out on YouTube. It's out on YouTube. It's you called, shot it at the comedy store. Shot at the comedy store. Amazing. So listen, I've done. I've done like this is my seventh special, and I've done specials overseas. I've done specials at at the Kennedy Center. I've been on Netflix. I've been on Peacock. I've been all over the place. Um, and then I thought, you know, we call them specials. So I was like, well, what's special about this one? I said, why don't I go back to where I started, back in like '99 or so. Um, where Mitzi Shore made me a regular, and I tell the story of how she wanted me to wear a turban on stage. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Comedy has definitely changed. Yes, yes. For Wait, sure. did you think about it? No. So I talk about it in the in the, in the special. I say, you know, basically what happened was, uh, did you get did you guys get passed by Mitzi or was I did? You did, right? I was. I was. You're a, I was. Funny. I'm, I'm a Tommy boy. You're a Tommy boy. You're yeah, that's funny. right. Okay. And did you do the three, six, and ten, or did, were you just right away she passed you? Uh, I waited Sunday nights for two and a half years for her to show up, and then one day she came in her striped stockings, yeah, no shoes, yeah, kind of like how I walk around my house, yeah, uh, a purse, like she couldn't find something in her purse, yeah, and then uh, crazy hair with her purse, and then I remember right when you'd go up, other comics would yes. start talking to her like. You know, like I remember Ahmed Ahmed was like <laughs> always had her ear and you'd be like, eh, can you not be talking to her Hilarious. when I'm trying to do my three minutes? Like, yeah. Or there was like people. I remember that was a thing where it's like people would be so, talking to her. So our listeners know the comedy store famed comedy club uh, here in Los Angeles. It used to be legendarily booked and run and operated and owned by yeah. Mitzi Shore of the. But the, it's still owned by the Shore family. It is still owned is by the, the Shore, Shore family. Yeah. So Polly Shore's mother. Sammy Shore, their dad, first started it, and then the, and then the mother and father had it. They divorced, and Mitzi kept it. But she right. had some odd ideas about comedy that were probably pretty in line with the culture. Like, she was always trying to get, you know, I remember there was a guy, she's like, you should dress as a banana and Jackie call bananas. yourself Johnny Bananas. <laughs> that was Jackie, Jackie Bananas. Jackie Bananas. So, so Mitzi, so the comedy store. Wear a turban. Ex so ex exactly. So Is that's she how, drunk? Why'd she talk like that? That's just how she talked. I think she's from like Wisconsin or something. I'm from, kinda, kinda, I'm from very close to Wisconsin and I do not talk like that. Well, you're a refined woman is what you are. That's also, right. I'm not that old yet. It might happen. <laughs> oh, it could it have. Emotion. <laughs> but Mitzi. She, when, she, when she tells me to wear a turban, that's when things are really. We <laughs> I know. Know. We need I check her into the home no but mitzi so that club as you guys know was a hot club and all the big names were going through there and then the as and natasha was saying you would perform you would do three then six then like over several nights you do three they liked you say come back to six come back to ten no but often you had to wait for her to show up at the I, very beginning for months you had to wait right so i was probably i was probably a little bit before you so she was coming a little more often but still you had to go three six and ten and it could have taken like two months to get those three different spots. Right. And by the time you do your 10, you're on, you're in the original room on a Sunday night following all the open micers. So it's just death after death after death. You go up, you have a good set, and then you just got to walk 20 feet and pass. There's an exit where she's seated. And I tell this whole story in the special. And as you're going by, you're just hoping she grabs your arm. Because if she grabs your arm, that means you're going to become a regular. If she lets you walk out, that means get out of here. Go, you know, get lost. Go become an engineer. Just get the hell out of here. So she grabbed my arm, and I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then she pulled me in. She goes, you're very funny. I go, thank you, Mitzi. I'm going to make you a regular. Thank you, Mitzi. Have you thought about wearing the hat and the gown? 
<laughs> I love that she did not specify what no. hat and gown. No. <laughs> it wasn't no. a graduation outfit yeah. that she was suggesting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because she's like, because she's also thinking of it like, I don't think she gave a shit about your career. She's like, how can I have right. yeah. a, a little bit of everybody? T- I got exactly. a bananas. I got a That's it. A t- Italian. Yeah. Whoa. What did you say? Well, I go, I go, hat and gown. She goes, yeah, you know, the hat. And the gown. So when she made the circular motion, I was like, oh, that's a turban. So I go, you mean the turban that Dishtasha? She goes, yeah. I go, oh, yeah. I go, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> the indignities that we'll put ourselves Bro, through. Bro, I just said yes. And I walked down those stairs and I went in the back hallway and I go, what did I just agree to? And then you I'm thinking. You said yes? Well, I right, understand that, no, though. At that moment, I'm not going to argue. Right. There's a show going on. I'm not going to be like, well, now, Mitzi, let me tell you about the let hat me, and the gown. Let me unpack yeah, systemic yeah. racism. What, what per, but what percentage did you consider it at the time? No, I didn't. I, I just said it to say yes to like go to the next like if this were a board game I just wanted to go to the next square so I'm just like yes I'll see at the next square yeah. so, I, so I went in that hallway the famous hallway in the back and now I'm just kind of like head against the wall going wait a minute what did I just do and then and then I thought because she was getting older I go maybe by the time they call me she will have forgotten about this because that night <laughs> Yeah, she's watching so many you people. Think I'm gonna forget about yeah. the hat and the gown. <laughs> exactly, hat and gown. So then, so then, so then, Corey, who was the booker at the time, um, uh, who was the widow of Freddie Soto, she called. She was the booker. She goes, "Hey, Moss, congratulations, Missy. Told me you're regular." I go, "Yes, I am." She goes, "She told me you're gonna wear the outfit." <laughs> <laughs> it sounds to me like there was a hat and gown on site. You would think so. Yeah, like like they, they were just outfit. waiting for a man to walk, a brown enough man to walk through we, the door to go put it, him in the outfit. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then I was like, well, I said, Corey, what happens if I don't wear the outfit? She goes, do I really have to tell you? Which meant like, you're not going to get many oh spots. Oh my God. Then there was a whole discussion about like, well, Corey, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. She goes, well, listen, Mitzi helped some of the biggest names do like come up with their character. Like Roseanne Barr. Mitzi used to go clothes shopping with Roseanne Barr to get her the clothes. And Plan. You yeah. got to wear plan. Plan. <laughs> you're from middle America. Um, Andrew Dice Clay's character was developed at the comedy store. All that, she was trying to convince me. And then I was like, all right. Um, I said, can I think about this a little bit? She said, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Were you, was there a part of you that was thinking maybe I'm wrong? No, no, there was never that. No, you that, knew that this was beneath knew, you, but you were trying to get no, in. I didn't know it was just beneath me. It was like career death. I was like, yeah. if I go on stage, not only not only will I be laughing. The my, comics are all going to laugh. All my peers <laughs> are going to be laughing at me, right? And 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 I didn't want to do it. So so then I thought, you know, at the time I was doing sketch comedy, and I thought, you know what I can do? Because Eddie Murphy had done a character called Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, which was a play in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I had been thinking about, because this was in the late 90s, like early 2000s, whenever, like right around that time. I'd been thinking about doing a character that was like Mr. Rahim's neighborhood. And he's mm. some guy like in some war torn area, whatever. And I was like, I, so I said to Corey, I go, what if like maybe, maybe I do like 10 minutes as myself and then the last five I'm a character? Maybe, maybe. Then I went to see her in her office and she loved movies like from the 40s or whatever. And uh, she is like from Sunset Boulevard. She's from Sunset Boulevard. So I go, I go, Corey, what about Rudolph Valentino? He played the Sheik. Like he's mm. a sheikh, when he was a lover, he was like mm-hmm. this Latin, not Latin, uh, uh, Arab lover. I go, what if I play like a leading man as opposed to a villain? And she goes, I love that. I'm gonna tell Mitzi you're gonna be the the lover. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I'm telling you. And I'm like, and then I walk out. And I'm like, what did I just negotiate? <laughs> and and I was stuck. And I was like, okay. And then the and then I was like, I got to come up with something. So then it, what I came up with, I was talking to my sister at the time. Number one, my father had moved back to Iran. 
And there was a lot of artists out here who were of Iranian descent who were worried about saying anything that would get their relatives in trouble. So that was number one. Oh, number you were two, like, oh, I think I've got an angle. I think I got an angle. Uh-huh. <laughs> number two, there was this guy, just like we have Telemundo and all the like like Latino channels, there was, a, there, was, there was a lot of Persian channels that only Persian people were watching. And there was some guy who had dressed up like the Ayatollahs, <laughs> and he would make fun of them. On the per- It was political. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so he was at some rally in L.A., and supporters of the regime showed up, the Iranian regime. They threw a rock, hit him in the eye, they blinded him. So I was like, that's another angle. So then I called Corey, and I go, Corey, listen, I'm, I've been working on I, I've been looking for the outfit. I got this my eye on a turban. It's looking great. I you go, have to understand, Corey, I want to wear the hat and gown so badly. I'm but my dad, my dad. <laughs> exactly. I go, first of all, I go, my dad's in Iran, so there could be trouble for him. I go, secondly, there was this guy here, and they came and they threw a rock. They, so they could come after me. Thirdly, they might come blow up the club. <laughs> I like, there's like zero chance of this happening, but it worked. Because Corey goes, let me call you back. So she obviously called Mitzi. And then they call me, and they're like, just wear something comfortable. Oh, that's cool. That's like a, there's some deep lesson in that. Like, when confronted with racism, Answer back with deeper racism, and you'll get your way. Yeah, lean into it. Yeah, stoke the fear that created the desire to see the cap and gown in the first place. Be like, yeah, absolutely. I could do. I could. I, you know, I want to wear the gown. I want to, but it's actually it's our souls. I mean, our bodies could be destroyed if I do. So that so that takes me to the Jackie Banana thing because because back then she used to give me those late spots. I think didn't you first get late spots? Is mm-hmm. that yeah? She would give you late spots like following Eddie Griffin and Dice and all this stuff. And you're up mm. there going like, what about the Iraq war after they've been doing, I don't know what. Destruction, right? Yeah. And uh, and I remember being back there one time talking to Joe Diaz and telling him the story about this. And he's like, bro, you know, it's a good thing you didn't do it. You know, and then he's like, you ever heard of Jacket Bananas? I go, who's that? And it was a banana guy. Supposedly Mitzi saw this guy. He, he used to do his act. And then at some point he'd put on a banana suit. And she saw him, and she's like, you're the banana. And he goes, what? He's like, you're going to be the banana all the time. And then he just kind of disappeared from the... <laughs> oh what he should have done is come in and be like, look, I want to do the banana thing. But my dad, right now, he is in... in He's in a ex- banana republic. <laughs> That's right. Wait, did, did Mitzi come up with her son's tag, uh, the, the weasel? She must have, right? <laughs> Possible, I don't know. Or did the weasel inspire all of this? Well, you know, the, to Mitzi's credit, though, I will say, you know, she had a lot of crazy ideas, but... She also like was someone who early on in my career it was hard to get like people weren't taking me seriously there wasn't like this genre of comedians from this part of the world doing anything and she was I think because she didn't have anyone of my ilk she made me a regular and then she put me Ahmed Ahmed then she, then she found Ahmed and Aaron Cater all of us and she created the Arabian Nights which was her theme night like she got the Guido night she got the Black Night she got the this night Arabian Nights and that boy she would have really not have been good for this time oh yeah yeah you're right yeah but but again i'm telling you like a lot the woke of us weirdos yeah yeah, yeah. the woke, woke weirdo wednesday hilarious hilarious oh my god that's so funny. i remember someone told me that she said uh, i i used to put polly in the drawer to sleep when we were in vegas and i wouldn't come when he caught when he cried because i wanted him to be funny wow yeah, maybe we should cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in. I mean, that's a uh, that's an eerie and terrifying image. Listen, the fact is, at end of the day, like that club for me, at least just individually, was where I feel like I grew as a comedian, and it 
was because uh, you know there was some method to her madness like the fact of course she has a brilliant streak but also like there's something completely wrong with her of course i mean like but you know but that's part of there's very few comedy club owners that i know that don't have something off mm. oh right? 100% they're all um they, and mitzi actually had at, real world real politique power yeah because she happened to have this hot club in hollywood where yeah it would be, but every comedy club owner is the king of the small world's smallest kingdom and they, they you're right they like give orders and yeah. have unrealistic expectations and yeah. just like uh, collect power and yeah. you know i mean yeah. if your son became a, a comedy club owner he could franchise i feel but but most well it's funny no you actually say you say that because at some point we were talking he was like my a couple years ago and my wife's like what do you want to do he goes i want to own own comedy clubs really i mean i don't know why he said that but but hey, it's, maybe it'll happen wait who it runs is. the comedy store now comedy stores run. you know what they did so peter runs it um but peter's like the, at the top but i think what they did which is smart is they really came in and they really set up what feels like a hierarchy like there's a structure so it doesn't have to be one person because it's always usually it's this cult of personality and the problem becomes as that person gets older and they and they're not involved don't want to be involved now you're gonna have mayhem because everyone's like well call mitzi what's what did mitzi want to do but once you set up this thing like whenever i go there i feel like it's running pretty smoothly it's true it's, it's great it's the also crowds good. Are good. I mean, when it's I, crowded when i started when i got past <laughs> at the comedy store it was dying Oh yeah, and it felt like the odds of a good set. It was about seventy thirty. Yeah, I would tell. I would. My rule at the comedy store was no agents, no women. Yeah, <laughs> like if I was trying to impress a girl, yeah. I would. I'd be like, come to a different show. Yeah, and if I was trying to impress some sort of industry person, I'd be like, you know, maybe not the store. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should do a call. But wait, Maz, I want to ask. Do, oh, are we running out of time? All right, I'm just. I'm, all right. Well, I mean, you're like an Iran expert. What's up? <laughs> Oh yeah, you're gonna ask him uh, what's yes. up with Hold Iran. On, we gotta take a what's call real quick. Iran? But what's sure. up with Iran? Is it gonna is the um, is it gonna topple? And uh, what's going on? Real quick, soundbite it out, and then we're gonna do a call. Um, yeah, there was a there was protest last year, uh, and I don't know if it's going to like we're hoping there that Iran, the people of Iran, will be free, but I don't know when. Mm-hmm. If you want a soundbite, does it? No, I'm I'm actually <laughs> curious, but I think we are. Well, what I mean, happened? There was a young girl, Massa Amini. She was 22 years old, walking down the streets in in Tehran. Her hair was out of her hijab a little bit. The morality police stopped her, arrested her, proceeded to kill her, and it led to worldwide protests. And um, there was some, you know, the, the the it's a it's an autocratic government, so they they cracked down. They arrested a lot of people, um, and the hope is that. I'm hoping that 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 as people, I think social media can help because as people see the other parts of the world like have living free, they want that. Right. If you are a culture that does not believe that women are equal to men, you are part of the problem in the world. And part of exactly. So what happened was when that happened, I was going to some schools and talking to the young some of these, some of these kids about like how you could support these protests. And one thing I tried to point out was Iran is a cautionary tale to America. 100%. Because a lot of people go, it could never happen in America. I go, it already did. It, it, they took away a woman's right to choose last year. And in the decision to take away a woman's right to choose, Clarence Thomas said, we're going to go after gay marriage next. Yep. So what did the Iranian government do when they first went into power, the Islamic regime? They took away women's rights. They went, to, went after LGBTQ. They went after um, uh, religious minorities, et cetera, et cetera. So wake up, people. Fight the power. But before you fight the power, um, 
Check out Maz's new special on YouTube. What's it called again? It's called They're The Birds and the Bees. It's on YouTube. I'm so excited to put it on YouTube. I don't know if, if you That's guys put, awesome. Have you guys put a special on YouTube yet? No, we no, put our I, podcast on YouTube, though. I, f- I fear the... I fear co- just comments. No, no. The comments are your fans. Like At least up until now, it's been mostly positive. Um, and and I, I guess maybe if it like blows up, then... then no pun intended, pun intended, whatever, um, that that maybe more negative comments will come. But for the most part, when your fans find out, because the difference between like the other specials when we have on networks is I have no idea how it's doing. Right. Once in a while, I would get a message from somebody going like, oh, I saw your Netflix special. Okay. I don't know where you are, what you are. But on my YouTube, I go on there. I'm like, oh, we're at 140,000 views. And here's a couple of comments saying this. Oh, and they tip me. They can tip you. It's, they you know, give you money in the, 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 in the super, comments? You know the Why super are thanks? they tipping you? The super th- you know, have you seen the super thanks? Wow. No. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, that's the tipping. How much is a super thanks? They could go up to 50 bucks. Maybe I should do a special <laughs> in my underwear. <laughs> you definitely get some tips. I'm telling you. Well, OnlyFans is doing specials And it'll be called Four now? Tips. Nice. Oh, I like that. I like that. Just uh, for... Just... Just, just for, the tip. Oh, just that's great, Natasha. This is fucking golden. <laughs> and you should wear the you should wear the gown and the and the, the hat. There you go. For sure. And the I'll tip, just tip do Mitzi short quotes tip about racism. Yeah. <laughs> Q-tip. All right. All questions. Maz, the format of our podcast yes. is uh, um, uh, is that we take calls from lost folk throughout the world and throughout Beautiful. the country. And they're not that lost. They're just young. And uh, you, we're just going to give them advice. And you can give them advice. You can make jokes. You can do whatever you want. I am here for but the people. You're very reasonable. You, you're in a successful marriage. You're a great dad. Your kids say thank you. They look you in the eye. You've looked the same for 20 years. You know, sometimes you haven't seen people for like 10 years and I you know. see them and you're like, damn, you okay? But damn, it's been quite a pandemic. I mean, <laughs> Are you being, all right? Being, I know I hate that. You know what? The, the I guess this shows your my level of uh, maybe narcissism. We all have some. Like when I see somebody I haven't seen for a long time and they look bad, makes me feel bad about myself because I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're ruining my like you're you're making you're bringing me down. By, you're ruining my experience of you. Yeah, you you let yourself go so much that I feel bad about me now. Why? You look good. Yeah, you should get but and when then and when people are in shape and they take care of themselves and they look good, I go, My God, you're you giving me I feel good about me. So people that are hotter than you make you feel aspirational and people that are a little bit more butt than you, you're kinda like, Why are you alive? I don't mind no listen, if you were butt and then you remain butt, okay, I love stay. you. You but like if a, you were hot and then you went butt, I'm like, you let it go. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm not going to have any more cookies because of you. Because because I could end up like you. I could let myself go and I could be really, really just like, just, yeah. I, I think you can still be at the top of your game at 70 and look better than you have before. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm down with that. I think you're right. And I think we should keep going. And 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 because... You know, oh, 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 Ozempic, you know. Oh, you're, su- you're suggesting to our listeners don't to take Ozempic? Ozempic. No, I'm just saying. People are if doing If you guys it. don't know what that is, that is a diabetes medication that people in Hollywood take to well, drop 15 pounds. No, that's not fair, Natasha. Recently, they found out that Ozempic, the diabetes medication, um, has a byproduct of making 
people lose a lot of weight. And in an unrelated story, there's been a crazy spike, an epidemic of diabetes in the like sort of model actress community here in yes. Los Angeles. These are not connected ideas. Yes. These are just, this is a coincidence. I heard the other thing it does is like it dries you up, I think. Or like so they're, Your breath so stinks. They're, they're, getting, they're getting skinny, but they're getting like dry, like a dry. Like, you know I heard I'm that not, they smell worse than anyone. Now that I, is funny. I'm not, yeah. That is funny. They're like, Oh, I'm still hot, but my breath smells like a garbage can, and I'm dry as a bone down there. Dry as a bone. Oh, their pussy's dry, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're, you know when avocados... That's cool. That you makes know when, me feel better. You know when an avocado wrinkles? Like shrinks, yeah. Yeah, it's like Ozempic makes you like a dry avocado. Oh, that, that should be their tagline. Ozempic. Ozempic. It makes you like a dry avocado. Also, I, I'm so confused why people would do this to their body, because like you don't know that that's okay to take this medicine. No. No, you should not be. But the song is catchy. Oh, 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 oh Zambic. Did you just make that up? You know. No, you never heard that commercial? You don't watch not, oh, commercials? No, yeah, but I don't let her I don't let Natasha watch the Ozempic commercial because I don't want a dried <laughs> avocado. Wait a minute. Home. How does the song go? Am I making the, am I doing no, it? No, I wrong? think you're right. I think it does. That is the Ozempic commercial. They, got, they oh, licensed oh, it's, oh, magic. it's magic. Ozempic, you know. Wow. Never forget. Well, I have a little pro tip. Uh when Moshe's making us watch things on Freebie because he likes to save money and not buy the thing. Or I just, if what's the, Freebie? If the Why thing don't I know about streaming, this? It's what's the this new a Amazon lot of commercials. And I'm like, didn't we like evolve past commercials every what's the, what's seven minutes? Oh, you got to watch commercials? My pro tip is that you always mute commercials. That's your pro tip? <laughs> I'm just it's saying. It's a TV watching technique from 72. But I just, I do it as like a religion. Like and we've gotten in fights, but I'm like I don't do commercials. Well, that's why you they don't must know, be muted. That's why you don't know the theme song. So See? when Ozempic comes on, you're like, I hate this thing, yeah, but you don't know the catchy if, song. Yeah, that's if you want to be more contemporary in your references on stage and off, you need to be watching the commercials. All right, listen. Well, we got someone waiting to talk to us. They're on the East Coast, so let's let's do it. Pick yes. up. We are about to call Ezra. Cool name in Philadelphia. Hey, Honeymooners. Today, we are going to talk about Honey Love. The reviews are in. Honey Love came out on top for best wedding day shapewear. With wedding season upon us, this is the ad you've been waiting for. Whether you're a bride, a guest, or looking for an everyday fit, Honey Love is your go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear you'll immediately feel and see the difference. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can get 20% off your entire order with the code HONEYMOON at honeylove.com. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com and use the promo code HONEYMOON. When we're talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short is my go-to. It has targeted compression technology, and if you haven't tried compression technology, it is awesome. It totally distinguishes between the areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Super Power Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear thanks to flexible boning that's hidden on the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of your thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. 
but doesn't stop there. Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Ladies, Honey Love is just as easy to put on as it is to take off. You're not, it's not like putting on a wetsuit like some shapewear. Their products make you look good and feel good, whether it's for a wedding, event, or just to look hot for some guy you met on Hinge. Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code HONEYMOON. Use code HONEYMOON at honeylove.com. Ezra. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're great. Hi, it's- Ezra. How's Philly? Philly's good. Um, I am in school right now. I go to Temple University. Okay. Nice. Well, What's your major? Communications. I'm almost finished. Well, cool. congratulations. We have Maz Jabrani here, you. dear friend of the pod. And- Temp- yeah, uh, uh, Temple is where uh, Bill Cosby went, I think. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. Yeah, well, we're not in class together. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Nice. Uh, what's happening? How can we help? What's going on? So, okay, I wrote some notes. Let me look at them. So um, I, in terms of like dating, I um, have a lot of success whenever I'm traveling, like going on dates and hooking up with guys and stuff. But whenever I'm like back at home, I... I don't do well here. I don't know if it's like I have like a European vibe going on because I've traveled to Europe a couple of times and I do very well there. And people think I'm like Turkish or something. I don't know. Sure. But like um, I can't seem to have any success back here in the old USA. You're wait. You're saying that you think perhaps you're having a rough time finding dates in America because people think you're a little too Turkish looking? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we are a racist country. No, that's fair, but you're not Turkish. You're giving off the er- the Erdogan vibes. <laughs> have, I w- you, have you have you thought about wearing the outfit? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, 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 the hat. They've got now they've got a hat. Hat and the gown. Yeah, the hat they, the gown. Did they have a hat? Yeah. Um okay, interesting. So wait, when you're in when you're in you don't find luck in the United States? Yeah, I mean I've I've traveled I would say a good amount since since I found out that Trump was going to be the president, I said that well that was when I renewed my passport. And then I tried to travel as much as I could just to like get emotionally get out of here because I I I couldn't handle the anxiety of like being here all the time and thinking about it. And I discovered that I really like traveling. And I also discovered that like, I just, I vibe better with people out of the U.S. I don't know what it is. Well, it's your people. You, you, you connecting with your Turkish roots. I mean, obviously yes. you're connecting with your Tur- the Turks out. I mean that, uh, okay, this is interesting. You have any thoughts, Maz? Well, first of all, you could just move. That is you true. Go, you go to this, you go to the place where you are killing it. Let me tell you a quick little story. As a lot of guys do that. Right. So I was one time when there was a a movie called Moneyball, which was with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. It was about the Oakland A's. Formerly Oakland A's. Formerly Oakland A's. It's going to be the Las Vegas A's. Anyway. Rest in peace. So 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 Brad Pitt was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in an A's hat. And I was going through the airport and I went to get a Sports Illustrated because I was an A's fan and I liked the story and I wanted to read about it. I had a hat on, and I went to buy the magazine, Ezra, and as I'm paying, there's this Ethiopian lady who's working there, and I put the 
magazine down with Brad Pitt on the cover, and she looked at him because he had a baseball hat on, and she looked at me. I had a baseball hat on, and she goes, I thought that was you. (laughs) And then I realized that in Ethiopia, I'm like Brad Pitt. So... What I'm trying to tell you, Ezra, is if I weren't married, I would have moved to Ethiopia. You understand what I'm saying? I think he's I get it. telling you to I move to it. Istanbul. That's what it sounds like the advice here is. It's a great but, city. But also, you don't want to, you know, uh, excuses. There's excuses. Uh, this is what, you know, like maybe there's a, maybe you just need to keep honing in on what you're looking for and looking in new ways and not doing the same swiping or whatever it is you're doing and you know keep keep looking for other ways to meet people and uh maz don't don't sorry did i cut you off no no i i just you know maz do you have a crazy ass story about performing in istanbul i've performed in istanbul i i have this memory of you telling me like the craziest story of all maybe Maybe it wasn't Istanbul. Maybe it was Dubai. Am I making this up? The- Gosh, I'm trying to figure which one. I've done Istanbul and I've done Dubai and I've done I've done maybe it was the the Jordan one when the king showed up? No. You no. got too many good stories. Well, I just want to <laughs> I just want to tag Natasha's real quickly. I think Natasha you're coming on to something which is are you afraid maybe of commitment? Cuz sometimes people think, "Oh, when I'm out somewhere else, this is great. I'm you're easy. You're not worried about like you're not making it like this could be the one." So you're having a great time, but then you come home and now you're home and you're like, this could be the one. And maybe you're afraid of commitment. No, I would say it's the opposite. I'm very, I'm very relationship oriented. Um, Yeah. Do you believe you have a PMA when you're in town in Philly? What is that? Positive mental attitude. Um, no, because I'm so negative about the U.S. Well, that's clearly what it is. I think Maz was onto something, actually, which is you're describing all this anxious anxiety that you feel about being in the United States. Actually, it seems like Maz is the bridge of both great uh, pieces of advice for you. When you're here, and, and what you said I think is true, too, when you're here, you're stressed, you feel all this political angst and un- discomfort. And then when you go to Europe, you're feeling like, oh, everything's kind of okay. And that's probably the vibe that you're giving to these guys that you're trying to hook up with. And they go, yeah. oh, look at this easygoing, cool guy. So and how then, does he bring his European mindset? The other end of the bridge. You got him To I old think, Philly. I think perhaps either you got to find a way to be less stressed about the United States, which is decreasingly possible with every given news cycle, or maybe make plans to get the fuck out of here. And it's not that other people don't agree with you. It's not like when you meet someone, they're the problem. Usually, it's usually like a bigger a bigger issue. You well, know, people agree with you. We agree with you. Yeah, the world sucks. But like... Th- this is what you're telling me, what I'm hearing. In Europe, when I'm out of the country, I'm happier and I'm more attractive to the people I want to have sex with. It's kind of like, it's time and, to go. And also... There's 300 and some odd million people in the U.S. So as Natasha was saying, there are people that see the world the way you do. But if the if your surroundings are making you anxious, you go live, go go try living abroad a little bit. You're you're studying now. Once you get your degree, go get a master's in Turkey. Yeah, this seems like a very good idea. And we're gonna pay for it. I lived in Berlin last summer when I was doing an internship, um, mm. and that was probably the most fun i've ever had i want to go there. berlin is pretty fucking fun berlin is yeah it's and a cool you know place. you can make it a, you can make it a priority to be traveling in in europe and I, I think just just try to like turn down like the next time you have a date 
try to think of that positive mental attitude. And, you know, you can talk about Europe and how much you like it, but like, you know, just try to, as a, as a, almost like going to the gym, uh, try to mentally have a strong mind and not give in to shit talk about like your situation and how shitty it is and how bad it is. Cause like nobody wants to hear that. Everyone's trying to lift themselves up. So it's just trying to like focus on that. I don't want to like misrepresent. I mean, I'm not, you know, I have a good situation here. It's I'm not uh, down and out. Like I live at home right now because it's cheaper and I've, I'm, I'm not in debt or anything like that. I just emotionally, I think I just get overwhelmed sometimes with the state of, this country and I let it get to me too much. I think that's exactly that's that's the thing that I'm hearing from you. It's, it's not that America is harder for you to find love. It's that when you're in America, I don't know if this is a reasonable belief or not, but it's the truth. When you're in America, you're feeling this stress and the, the whole news cycle is designed to gavage you with stress 24-7, anxiousness about everything's about to fall apart. And if that's too much for you, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible idea for you to think maybe my future is outside of the United States. But also, the answer is definitely not geographic. The answer is probably inside of you. And I feel like there's a way for you. By the way, there's a way for you to prove whether or not um, this is true. Only date European men in America. There's plenty of them. And try to only go out with them. And if you still can't get any in America, even though the guy across from you is Turkish or German or Austrian, then you know what the problem is the problem is that you're stressed the fuck out and you need to get rid of your stress or find a way to battle it yeah stop watching american uh, news and find your own village there's people that think like you whether they're artists or whatever your interests are and be among them to do yoga but you need to work on your own anxiety so that you can get laid anywhere in the world. That is, mm-hmm. and, and that is a soundbite. Mm. Ezra, thank you. We hope we've helped. And you have a cool name. Thank you. Yes. Oh, thank you very much. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Later. And we'll see you in Istanbul. Okay. Bye. Farewell. Bye. They got me thinking about what I did in Istanbul. It mm. was so crazy. I don't know. I have this Moshe memory. loves long stories. Well, you tell great stories. I have this memory of you being in like a, telling me this story. He's a real Shahrazad. <laughs> is that a nice. long story? I don't know. I learned that word the other day. Oh, I was trying to. You know, what I it don't is? know. It's someone who tells rambling stories. Well, that's definitely me. You married a <laughs> Shahrazad. Um, Maz, the other thing that we do on this podcast is we listen to people's deep dark secrets that they've called and oh, left great. on our secrets hotline. So why don't we play a few? You know, share in um, in Persian means poetry. Shahrzad must be oh. someone who. Is, oh, is it a Persian word? Shahrzad is a Persian name. Is Sher? Ah. Is Sher? Oh, Persian? Sher, but S H E H R. It's S H E H R. Shahrzad. But Sher might probably, if she's Armenian, then there's some. There's a link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poetry that doesn't end. Have you ever seen yeah. the clip of Sher? Speaking of the Iraq War we were talking about earlier, Sher, it's like late night MSNBC or some deep oh, t- cable funny. news channel. And they're like talking about the Iraq war. And then all of a sudden, oh, we've got a caller in calling in from Malibu. Yes. And the woman's like, hi, the Iraq war is a colonialist, imperialist, uh, you, you know, d- disgusting display of American hegemony. And blah, blah, blah. And then the guy goes, is, is this Cher? 
And she's like, yeah, it's Cher. Anyway. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, Cher's just in her palace in Malibu. Yeah. She's like Ezra, yeah. getting fucking furious about yeah. the uh, re- realities of American I politics. I have a feeling Cher gets laid a little more than Ezra. Okay, yes. maybe. It could yeah. be true. Long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Cher. No, uh, <laughs> it was more like Cher's calling every night. Uh, uh, is it Cher great. again? That's and, enough, awesome. Cher. All it. right, uh, Laura, we got some secrets. Hey, Tosh. Tosh? Oh, man, she's in Australia. Lonely nights like this make me wish I'd I still smoked weed. But I don't. But if you do, and you don't want it to be too intense, you want to get your smoke on without getting your unbridled paranoia on, why don't you try dad grass? That's right, dad grass. Dad grass is legal, smokable hemp that is federally legal for ages 18 and over everywhere and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. And right now, Dadgrass is offering listeners of this podcast 20% off their first order when they go to dadgrass.com slash honeymoon. Need an afternoon reset? Just take five minutes to yourself for a Dadgrass toke break or two. They've got mom grass joints, which is the perfect pick-me-up to spark your creative flow and quiet your mind after your nine to five. Go to dadgrass.com slash honeymoon for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash honeymoon. Hey, Moshe. Hey, Tosh. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. What? Um, I'm in a four-year relationship with my now girlfriend. I don't know why I said now, but with my current girlfriend, and we moved across the country together. Life is great, um, but sexually we have been less than ideal over the past couple of years as most relationships kind of go, um, I'd say maybe once, if we're on a good month, maybe once a month, so it's not great at the moment, and I'm a very um, a sexual person, uh, love language being physical touch, so I feel like I, I've, I've brought it up to her multiple times, and it gets addressed maybe for a week and then it gets on the back burner. Life gets in the way and yeah, just doesn't end up kind of ideally where I, I want it to be actually. So I turned to a, a dark route recently, um, video chatting online girls in the Philippines. Huh? And, uh, yeah, I do, I do, uh, give them a little bit of money every now and then. And I'm a little ashamed of it. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know how it came about, but this is where we're at. And it's like maybe a dollar per session. And I rationalize it. You know, this dollar is keeping me happy. It's keeping my relationship going. And it's making a girl in the Philippines happy too. So, or at least I assume. Anyway, um, the point being is I want to get that off my chest because I have not told anyone this. And I feel really guilty because I definitely have been playing with the idea that it is cheating. Um. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to let you guys know. All right. Bye. Is it cheating? Wait. Hold on. Why isn't his girlfriend fucking him? Who knows? She's just not. What it's, he said. Life got busy, and he said he's talked to her multiple times, mm. and uh, and it does not change. And now he's video chatting. I have a few questions for both of you. 
Is this cheating? Well, for those who, for those of us who are married, when he goes, we have sex once a month. I'm like, show off. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, you know, it's gosh, you know, because because you could say, por- is pornography cheating? No, video chatting is the next level because you're like, aren't you like with the person seeing them? Or are you just like? I think you're right. I think that you're with the person you're seeing them, but the, and but, you have a favorite, and you're but like, you're oh, not, but it's but her you're again. not actually doing it. Listen, to to answer your question, it is a level of cheating, meaning right. like the cheating spectrum. Yeah, you're not actually with the person in a bed and having sex, but you're right. You are probably it probably bring adds more intimacy than if you were just you know. On porn, on porn, watching porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. well, for me, por- pornography is a very intimate experience. Yes, um, but yes, I can because cu- you're a director. I know this. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's yeah, intimately yeah. connected to my <laughs> yeah, yeah. income because yeah, yeah. I'm a porn yeah, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, can cure this man of his uh, illicit desires, but my, f- but I was also thinking if you tell your partner multiple times, this isn't enough for me. Right. What is that person? At what point does it become well? I'm going to, you You have to right. expect that I'm going to do something else. I mean, else. he did say my current girlfriend. So it's like, okay, well, this is not going to last. Well, they know they were four years. So it wasn't like that. So uh. it's been lasting. But but the thing is, I think to your point, he's said that. Now, I think that, and I don't know how old they are. And I don't, there's a lot of factors involved, right? He even, sounded like young. Right. Because nowadays they say even like, even phones, they said because of phones, like younger people are, are having less sex because right. they're getting that the whatever it is the serotonin that you get from just being on their phones. We all laughed when it was happening in Japan, and then slowly it's come across the waters. Here it's we happening are to young people. So there's for a sure. million obstacles. So the question becomes, and again, as someone who's married, I know that like when we go away, where we can be on a vacation, it's like so much easier to have sex because you're not worried about the kids or this or that or whatever. So the first question, if I were in his shoe, I was, I would bring up with my girlfriend is I would say, what can we do to put ourselves in a position where you mentally are more into this, where you can, where we can, because I want to have these romance, which is good. It's good to be desired. Right. And then if she continues to push, then maybe there's a point in which you go, gosh, I'm somebody who really needs a lot more sex. And th- this could be the end of the relationship. I think giving it some oxygen would be a good idea because it's just like, I, that's that's a problem you want to hear after you're married. Yeah, 100%. I just don't think that is like it's not looking pre-marriage good. problems. It's not looking good. Uh, I think that we are united in our belief that this relationship should come to an end. Yeah, because but, I think it's making you feel a little off and weird too. But Maybe you I should can, move to the Philippines. That's exactly right. Like for meet, Ezra, meet Ezra there. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra's like, I feel so free in the Philippines. Yeah. And everybody here thinks I'm Filipino. And yeah. also, Here's how I, oh yes, I was gonna say I don't think there's anything wrong with scheduling it. No, I think that's true. But this is beyond scheduling. This no, is, but she's life got busy. You could be like, I need more sex. Say what Miles said, but then be like. You know, Thursday at seven or whatever the time is. They don't even have kids and they can't have sex. Or like a date night kind of a thing. Let's go out, have a good time, come back and have sex. That kind of. I think you're onto something though, Natasha. If you're in a relationship, pre-marriage, even though it's a long relationship, if you're having this like a bed death four years into a dating, it's not looking good. But here's how I can cure this man of this desire to call the Philippines, although it probably won't work. Ryan Singer, do you know who he is? Either of you know who he is? Very funny comedian. Ryan Singer, great story, and not alone in this story, uh-huh. was doing this very activity. Mm-hmm. 
chatting with a gal in Manila and just getting pumping his comedian dick to this beautiful lady and all of a sudden she disappeared from the screen and up pops some guy that's like hey motherfucker i'm her pimp or whatever you gotta send a cash app us like five thousand dollars right now we've hacked into your computer and we're gonna send footage of you jerking off uh, to everybody that you know the reason i know that story is because i got an email and by the way he's open about this story i got an email from ryan going hey it's ryan um, this is very embarrassing, but you might be getting a video of me jerking off in your inbox very O-M-G. soon. And he, he basically just doubled. He said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just tell everybody I know. Yeah. But if these girls are video chatting you for a dollar, how is there any hope for anyone? There isn't. If and you that- don't have a boyfriend, like these single guys can just like get off like on a video chat. It's probably like a well, pretty no, live experience. No, listen, I think, I, listen, there's a big, we all know there's a big difference between actually being with someone you love and having sex and, and all that. And the excitement that happens like in the beginning of a, of a relationship. And as you guys were saying, these two aren't married yet. Again, if they were older and they were like, if you were like to say, look, my sex drive is slowing down, her sex drive is, that's a whole other discussion to yep, be had. Totally. But you guys are right. You're, you're, if you're younger, if you're like in your 20s or 30s or even no 40s, kids. no, no kids, kids, four I mean, years together and this ain't happening, then, you know, go find someone who will have sex with you and loves you and is excited and, you know, you know, is willing to do this. Yeah, you sounded cute. Don't, 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 don't stand for that. All right, let's move on. One more secret. Two more secrets. Why not? Hi. Uh, so this is my secret. Um, I have a DWI that I'm almost off of probation with. And yet every night uh, when my husband comes home, he's drunk. He drove across town drunk. And my secret is that I secretly wish that he would get pulled over and get a DWI so that I'm not the worst person in the family. Okay, thanks. Bye. Feels like your risk analysis is a little bit off. I know. This is the rule. It's just like, she doesn't really wish that. <laughs> well, it's just funny. Like her, the, She doesn't want him to like become sober. <laughs> She doesn't want to be a better person. She wants it. Like, she's only got this best case scenario where he feels guilty too. She's missing yeah. the scenario where he runs over a family of four. Just oh like, my god! I mean, what that is every night. My husband, you guys, you guys. I don't like to be too prescriptive, but th- this is a family. You guys have a the, have to look at the drinking. Yeah, every night. Yeah, if they, you can, if you he drove, drives drunk every night, and she's already got the DWI. So they're basically, as you said, it's a family who is is has problems, and no one's admitting it. And rather than uh, uh, you know reaching out to someone and saying, because sometimes it's hard. By the way, when you have when you have people that drink, sometimes it's hard to go, hey, you got a drinking problem? Because I don't have a drinking problem, and now it becomes a whole thing. So what she should do, in my opinion, is. She should, given the fact that she had a DWI, she should say, hey, you know what? I've realized that I have a drinking problem and I want to go to, you know, to rehab or whatever it is, to some meetings or whatever to help me get over this drinking problem. And maybe she needs to drink less and maybe then he will see it and follow suit. But if he doesn't, then, you know, he's got problems, this guy. Uh I would say, if not that, how about you both download the app called Uber? 
and just click a instead of fucking risking the lives of ch- children across town. Are you in an Uber desert? I mean, that would be if you drove home drunk once. I would be very concerned. Yes, I don't. If you drive, drove home every night, I'm afraid to have a glass of wine and drink. And drive and drive and drive. I mean, have a glass of wine <laughs> at dinner and drive, even if it's just one glass of wine, which I think I used to do. But now that I have a kid, I'm just too afraid to even do that. I, but I, I must have used I, I used to go out and have a drink and then come home. But see, you're, but I don't do that anymore because I'm too scared. You're clearly someone who does not have a drinking problem because the fact that that even because someone who's got a drinking problem will think opposite. They'll be like, no, I can I can I can have four glasses and still drive. I grew up next door to a bar, the King's X in Oakland, California, and I it was like a P, it was like a long-term PSA about the rampant nature of drunk driving. I I cannot tell you how many times I saw people stumbling, barely walking, getting into their car, getting into their car, falling on the car, oh opening God. the car door and driving off. It, it was like this microcosm of like a national emergency. It was like it's so much worse than people think. They're do not drink drink and drive. They invented fucking Uber. You don't have to anymore. It's just a tax for being an alcoholic. You just fucking click it and they go, I can't afford that. You can't afford that because the lawyer fees, when you kill a family, are going to be exponentially more than the Uber fees. By the way, if this guy's driving home every night drunk, why is it like when you roll through a stop sign, there happens to be a cop there, but then this guy's <laughs> driving home every night and there's no cop? Like, what is it? Roscoe Pico Trade? What is he? Dukes of Hazard? Where, where does this guy live? Call us back. Let us know the license plate number of your husband and the city in which you live, and we will send help. Okay, do we have another secret? Hi, Moshe and Natasha. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So when I was in my early 20s, I was hooking up with this guy, and he was very Catholic, and I grew up somewhat Catholic. Um, We both didn't have – we were both living at our parents' place at the time, so if we wanted to hook up, it would have to be in a car. So this one occasion, we hooked up outside of a church, and I didn't really think about it much, but then now thinking back, that was very, very sinful of us, especially given that he is very Catholic. But yeah, that's my secret. Did she fucked in a church? Near a church, and they're very Catholic. It was near a church. It wasn't even in a church. It's got to be kind of hot, though. That's totally hot. I once had sex with my wife looking at the Vatican. It was fantastic. <laughs> From a on hotel? the side of the street? Or on no, a Vespa it, or it, what? Was, it was, <laughs> it was in, the, in the Pope Pope mobile. <laughs> you have had a lot of weird gigs. We have a, yeah. No, my wife one time, it was great because she used to work for um, hotels back in the day. She, she's going to be she's gonna be like, I can't believe you said this, but it's fine. Um Back in the day, she well, was... You know what? We'll beep it when you say wife. Yeah, exactly. Because it might beep, and then yeah, she'll my, never know. <laughs> my so-so. Um, and, and so she was out. Um, you know, they, they, they would send her to different parts of the world to see the hotels. And so we, we happened to be at one of their hotels that she was, you know, working for that over, had this beautiful view of the Vatican. And I'm not religious at all. She's not religious. And I was like, I was like, I was like you know, you know we're going to have to have sex on the balcony, look at it. I go, we got to do it. I was like, and it's beautiful. And I was like, this, I thought it, they should lean into this. Like God, God wants you to procreate and you guys had sex. Good for you. Oh, like sex tourism for the Vatican specifically. No, I'm talking about this girl that she's by a church. Like you should be happy about it. Would you definitely get rid of the guilt? 
Would yeah. you, if lightning had struck the balcony while you were doing that, would you be Catholic right now? Bro, that would have been amazing. Can you imagine that? <laughs> You're like, I guess Catholicism's real. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, Tosh, what are we doing? Do we have another call? Hey, honeymooners, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and the spring air is warm, which means sweat is upon us. Thankfully, Lumi deodorant is here to keep us smelling nice when we need it the most and where we need it the most. I'm talking about not just your armpits, but beyond. Let's face it, our underarms aren't the only place we have odor. With honeymoon selling scents like lavender sage, clean tangerine, and fresh alpine, my favorite, you'll smell better than ever. They also just launched new scents, including mint cucumber and soft powder. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belts. So she developed Lumi, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminium-free, I say it like I'm British, and skin-safe and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. This is the first-of-its-kind whole-body deodorant. Lumi is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. The Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like what I like is the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, because you can take them when you travel, and free shipping. As a special offer to our honeymooners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code honeymoon at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code HONEYMOON. All right, let's give Emma in Denver a shout. Let's do it. Hey, Emma. Wait, do uh, Mitzi when she, when, okay. she, when she comes on. Have <laughs> you thought about doing mountain climbing comedy? You live in Denver. <laughs> that would make sense. Maybe you ski when you come and tell jokes. Hey, Emma, Emma, Emma. Hi. Yes, that's me. Hi, Emma. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? I'm working got- on my new voice. <laughs> what do you think of it? It's amazing. It's Mitzi Shore. It's it's- Emma, it's Mitzi Shore from the Comedy Store. It's Mitzi it's Shore. It's female Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, you've got a great voice, too. you got a very ASMR voice. Um, how can we? Oh, we got Maz Jabrani here. The legend himself, Mazda Hi there. It's Hi. very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, he's going to be jumping in, and we would love to know, what what had you call us today? Yeah, so um, I'm calling about my ex-boyfriend. I broke up with him last week, and uh, the reason for that was we dated for six months. We were exclusive for the last two months, and um, I knew he had some of his girlfriend's his ex-girlfriend's stuff. Uh, So I told him that if we were going to be exclusive, he had to send that back to her and stop talking to her. But that didn't happen. Um, And so I did end up going through his phone Mm. and I saw that Mm. not only was he still talking to her, but she was still sending him nudes. Uh. She didn't know about me. And he made a comment about... uh, remembering the way her armpits smelled. So that kind of triggered me. Ugh. So I broke up with him and now he is 
begging for me to come back. He's saying he started therapy and he's in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if I should give him a second chance or if he's like a full-time scumbag. Look, well, it's a, I have an important question before I can answer that. What okay. did his ex-girlfriend's armpit smell like? Don't don't bring well, it no, up. No, that's it's a important. sore subject. No, it's an important bit of it information important. for this decision. I mean, no, it's not. Don't no. answer that. Okay, all right. Strawberries. All right. <laughs> okay. Listen, you need some time. Personally, I think first of all, this should be your lesson. You don't go through people's shit. Mm. Don't right. do it. It's never good. You don't know how she was baiting. I mean, I, I it all sounds bad. But still, it's like it's so it's so easy to misconstrue, misconstrue things. And yeah, whenever you do something very, like that, it's like taking your own heart and like just putting it on a spit and like turning it. And mm-hmm. like you're just you're just like it's it's never, ever good. But po- that being said, I think she needs to give it more time. Yes. Well, it's it, I agree with Natasha that it's very easy to misconstrue stuff like it's possible that him saying I remember what your armpits smell like was like him saying like. I don't want anything to do with you. Mm. You know, they smell so bad. They smell so Hey, listen, keep the nudes going, but I'll never get back together with you because I remember what your armpits smelled like. Does, you know, it could be. Does he have a lot of redeeming qualities, or yeah, that's a good question. Like that's like is he? Because so far he sounds like a winner. <laughs> so I will say that this is the first relationship that I've ever been in where I felt actually. Uh, this is ironic, but I felt very safe with him. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could be completely myself and um, do you we think did he, have really good communication when we disagreed. Do you think he cheated on you? He did cheat on me because there is one other detail and that is that. Um, so this is right before we became exclusive. We were technically non-monogamous and I know Natasha, you hate that, but we had rules. <laughs> and so he basically invited someone over to the apartment that we were sharing at the time um, and like made out with them while I was out of town and lied to her, manipulated her and manipulated me. And, uh, he's saying it was out of the goodness of his heart, but I have since told him that I don't believe that that was harm reduction that he was doing to lie to us. I think it was manipulative. Have you guys said, I love you? Yes. And, and and basically what you're saying Emma, is that by violating the agreed upon rules of the non-monogamous relationship, that was cheating. I, I, I fully agree with that. I have a couple of questions. I'm now done making fun. Uh, the armpit thing really got me. It triggered me too. It triggered my comedic instinct and I wanted to talk more about it. But now I'm ready to take you very seriously. How long have you been with this guy? So we were together for six months. Great. Total. Uh, and how old are you? I'm 23. Okay. The answer is no, you should not take him back. Mm. No, he's given his walking papers. This is red flag city way too early into the relationship for him to be doing these weird manipulations, lying to you, cheating on you, telling you he's in therapy and he's in recovery. None of that is interesting information. Keep it fucking moving. But she really does like him. And that's going to hurt. Your heart is going to be broken. You're going to suffer. It's going to suck. But you are 23 and and the odds that you're going to stay with this guy forever are pretty pretty slim right i mean that this is going to last for all time i would say pretty slim and this is drama that in the beginning from the beginning literally from before the beginning there's drama 
it's like you've got all the information you need. As my great-grandmother, Maya Angelou, said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You know who this guy is. Maybe he is in therapy. Maybe he is getting he's better. He's probably 23, too. How no, I'm, yeah. not saying he's a, I'm not saying he's an evil he's person. He's 27. But I'm not saying he's an evil person. I'm saying you are not... Why would you be there for his recovery journey? It, you are not in sickness and health territory. You're in a get-to-know-you territory. Fucking get out while you can. Yeah, you're right. Especially because the fact that there was his ex and then there's this other girl and I'm, I'm thinking to myself this guy is very promiscuous and it's going to be hard for him to as Moshe, uh, Moshe said uh, uh, for him to recover and become monogamous in this in these whatever next six months or a year whatever it's going to take so let him go on his journey and maybe you know a couple years from now you run across each other and he goes you know what I've gotten really good and I'm I'm ready to get back into this yes. I mean there is another option which is, okay. listen, I need a little space. Let's talk in six months. And right. you can just see, I mean, you, you feel, I mean, as long as you are eight, but I'm going to ask you to not contact me because I have things I'm doing. You know, I, I'm dating someone else. Whatever, I, that's what I would say. But, you, you know, I know that's a lie. But, you know, it's just like you don't have to say anything. You could just say that, you know. And if it's really meant to be and you go on dates and you still miss him and he can and he's really in therapy and he's not going to meet someone else like, yeah, then you still have a chance. But then you have that space. Why don't you like that much? I just disagree. I mean, Natasha, you're you have a lot of wisdom and you might be right and I might just be wrong. I know that I'm reacting to this as like a guy and like no feeling like I can live. You think in that. this guy's just like a shit. I don't think he's scum. I think he's got a problem and he's admitted it to you. He's got a problem. He's in recovery from it. You know what you don't need in, in early recovery from your uh, habitual uh, cheating and manipulation of women. You know, what's not what they don't recommend monogamous girlfriend, the girl that you just manipulated and cheated on. You, th that's not part of his recovery. But I'm saying six months. But, well, no, but yeah, Moshe's saying just cut it off. And Natasha's saying this is a this is an easier way to give yourself time to then maybe cut off. But I think Moshe, you're right in that. Don't even don't even hook him along. Just say you know mm. what, I, I I you go recover. I'm gonna go do me, and maybe down the line we'll you know something. But don't give like a six months a year. None of that stuff. But go can she say don't contact me? Because what if he just starts well, like that's hardcore? Because you know also I will say this type of guy might be the type who's like, the more you shut him out, the more he's going to start wooing you and wanting you and pining after you because he's just reacting. Well, and right. then, you know, so it's, if he if he's instructed to not contact you, it'll be easier on it, you. This is why I reacted so strongly to what you're saying, Natasha, because I had this feeling, like, I don't know you, Emma, obviously, but I know m I, that I have had these relationships in my life where I start doing this thing. It's like I'm dating the drama. I'm not even dating the person. I'm dating the situation. And we're like always pr processing our relationship. And, and, and by saying like maybe in six months, it gives him an opportunity, an energetic portal into you and to like keep giving you this like pleading because you love the guy and he's, he, he, you, you want to be with him and you desire him. And so if you're still open, then you're dating that drama. You're like, oh, he's getting better. Maybe this is the, t it's just like, to me, this seems just like, this is a guillotine. This is not a slow burn. And this 23 is, what I feel. is really young. And like, there are going to be so many more guys that you like really connect or people, I don't know, whoever you date, like people you connect with and are yourself. You're like, you're just starting. 23 is when I don't even think I was myself around a boyfriend at 23. I was still like dating weird, different 
you know, types of dudes. I had dated some like 45 year old when I was 23, like moved to Australia with them. Like I was just kind of all over the place. And so it's like, let yourself find yourself and let yourself go out and date guys and, you know, just really like go for it and, and keep busy because keep busy with your girlfriends, keep busy with your job, your creative things. Like you really have to make yourself busy, like book up your week, you know, like get something on Tuesday, Wednesday. What are you doing this weekend? Hey, you know, like get it in advance, look and see what's going on. Like just make yourself really busy and it'll make it much easier. Maz, thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with, with both of these guys, and I think you will meet somebody when you least expect it. Mm. And getting out of this, uh, what seems to be toxic, even though you have some sort of attraction, um, it's it's a wise move. Yeah, get you deserve a you deserve a guy that isn't cheating and lying and rec- early recovery. And you deserve there's a guy out there that you like just as much as this guy that exists that doesn't cheat on you and doesn't treat you like shit and isn't in contact with his ex. How about you should date that guy? And you're not gonna be able to find that guy if you're in some kind of like therapy slash therapist slash lover relationship with this one guy. Again, but, I will say sorry to cut you off, but like it wasn't just the text with the ex. It was also she went away for a day and he, he found another girl to come over to make out with. Yeah. So there's a lot of manipulation. In your apartment on. that you share. And I do think it's important if he keeps contacting you to say, like, I'm going to ask you to not contact me. It's it's easier for me. And, and Out of respect or The whatever. minute you stood up for yourself, this is what I'm hearing as a total outsider. The minute you stood up for yourself, he pops up. Hey, I'm better now. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm all better. Yeah. Hey, I'm, uh, the minute you're like, uh, boundary, he's like, I'm better. Bring me back. It's like, I, I was thinking like, okay, if he's in recovery, that's what he claims. He's in recovery. That means he's got some sort of like sex addiction thing that he's claiming, right? What if I told you the story? Hey, I'm dating this girl. She's awesome. I love her. We communicate so deeply. Everything is awesome about her. However, I did find out that he, uh, he's he been smoking crack. And, and then he's done that. He did that early in our relationship. And then later on in our relationship, he said he was done smoking crack because we had a rule that there was no smoking crack. I did catch him smoking crack. But then I told him, I can't be with you. You're smoking crack. And a week later, he's like, I'm in recovery. I don't smoke crack anymore. And he wants me back. It'd be a very cut and dry. It's just like, oh, no, this is sick. He needs to actually recover before I could even consider him. But this is kind of if this is an addiction, that is what he's in the in the midst of. He needs time to recover. He doesn't need you, and you definitely don't need him. That and is my my feeling. Also, you're super cute, so he was probably pretty hot. And you just have to imagine him like shitting his pants. Oh, that's a great, great, mm. great suggestion. Or like with like a um, what's like a racing stripe down his underwear. Like <laughs> that's very just like good. just yes. think whenever you think of him, like just think of something like that, like the grossest thing you can think of, and like just that's him now. You know what the streak smells like though? Is his ex girlfriend's <laughs> armpits. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that's an unfortunate yeah. reality. Saw that coming. <laughs> well done. Well done. Is it well Probably done or true. is it yeah. was it too? too no, obvious. it was good. It was okay, good. good. We're in a writing room. Be today. strong, oh, yeah. Emma. You can do this. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You got this. Bye. All right. Bye, honey. All right. Bye. Oh, my God. I am so glad I'm not 23. Oh, that sounds so I annoying. I a little bad because when you are 23, someone's like, honey, you're 23. And put on the gown and the hat. You know, it's like you got to yeah. go, go fuck yourself. But it's true. It's like, but, but also 23 now. Like when she said, like, she's like, I went away for a day and he had another girl. And I'm like, so this guy just goes on an app. 
It's like, come on over. Yeah, it's so uh-huh. easy. And, they're, and then they're sending pictures. I, I was oh, sex I, addiction has gotten way easier. Way easier. And I was like, I was like, back in the day, if you want to send a picture, you had to go to like to the to the photo mat, get it developed. <laughs> You're like, you I'm know? just gonna stay home and watch a DVD. Yeah, when I wanted to send a dick pic, when I first started dating, I had to get I had to get an easel, oil paints, <laughs> you know, a beret, <laughs> I had a lot That's of work. Funny, man. <laughs> Wait, so Maz, everyone wants should watch your special. It's on YouTube. There's no excuse not to watch. You are so funny. I mean, Maz is so fucking funny. One the of the Birds and the bees. Truly one of the best. Uh, yeah. Yes, Laura, you have a question? Oh, we'll put the link in link the description. In the description. And I just got to tell you both that I love you individually and I love you together. Thank I've you, always boss. been a fan of both of you guys. Same here. We love you too. All right. Thank you. But you know who we love the most is your son. He is an <laughs> yes. impressive figure. Dara. And Dara. he's going to be either the president of a country or the owner of a chain of uh, Funny Bones funny across bones. this nation. I talk about him in the special. You guys should go watch it and hear about Dara. Dara is, um, it's, and you'll see as your daughter starts to get into the teenager, it's a to- they're, they're a different person. Like it's a completely, now he's got like his hair's all, and he's like, hey, hey, what's up? He's kind of got like, but he's still got the handshake, but, he, but he's very, uh, and he's buff and he's babysitting. It's oh, crazy. Oh man, it's so scary to even think about. I I just want to keep her in a capsule so she can't grow too much. I was going to say, homeschooling, they still grow. Yeah. Capsule, maybe. <laughs> but your daughter's going to grow. Well, with homeschooling, you can affect a stunting of their emotional growth. So that's Absolutely. Something, something to think about. Yes. All right, well, that's something to work towards. Yeah. Uh, Maz Jabrani, ladies and gentlemen, check out a special. Thank you for joining us, Thanks Maz. for having me, guys. Thanks, Hen.